This is Hannibal Taboo, and you're listening to DJ Rome on Psychotic Bump School, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. I am, I am Superman, and I can do anything. Okay, we are back. KCWG, the truth.com's program is called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, if you hear the smile in my voice, it's always because a special guest is here. This good brother, y'all know this good brother, man. Come on, man. This good brother has been here multiple times. He's an amazing, award-winning comic book content creator. Uh, we just had him on not too long ago with uh, his great uh, illustrator, the good brother, Mr. Uh, Damar Douglas, I believe. And uh, he's back to help us talk a little bit about what's happening in the world of comics and the world of DC in particular. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about Marvel, but there are some things happening in the world of comics in general and DC Comics in particular. So, ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome back to Psychotic Bomb School, our good brother, Mr. Hannibal Taboo. Mr. Taboo, are you there? Yes, sir. I am with you. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, it's always a pleasure. Well, I've been seeing some things in the news, Mr. Taboo, and I see a lot of continuity, a word I learned from you, coming out of the world of the DC universe, uh, particularly on the big screen. I recently saw the, the clip of the Black Adam played by uh, mm-hmm. oh my God, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Yes, sir. Kind of interesting, because I, I mean, I'm not even familiar with that story. And I, I'm learning that there is a connection there between he and Shazam. I'm like, what mm-hmm. in the world? I'm, I'm so lost. But making headlines, though, Mr. Tabu. Yeah, yeah it's a big weekend. They're having a big weekend. Man. <laughs> Uh, we could talk about that, too. But the, the one that stood out for me, of course, was uh, the son of Lois and Clark. Uh, Clark being Clark Kent, of course, Superman, the son, the grandson of jo- uh, Joel or Carlel. Is that? that is, oh, my God. Joel is uh, Kal-El's dad. Kal-El is Clark. OK, so their son, Lois and Clark had a son and uh, he's being introduced into comic world in this rendition of Superman's son as having a same sex love interest. And as a comic book creator, someone who's grown up on comics, Mr. Taboo, as a dad, as a creative, like I said, award-winning comic book creator in your own right, good brother, what are your thoughts on this latest iteration of the Superman saga? Mr. Taboo, what can you tell us? 
and they introduced Jonathan Kent, I don't know, about 12 years ago. And then about three or four years ago, Jonathan Kent uh, was taken by his resurrected grandfather, which was a terrible storyline, into mm. space and then uh, aged him up by like about five or six years. Then he went to live in the 31st century for about like a year and a half. And I mean, if things are different for us, uh, as uh, more different for us as they were in the 11th century, imagine how interesting things would get in another thousand years. So, yeah. you know, uh, he... Had, this is a person who's experienced a character who's experienced things beyond the consideration of most people. And mm. he already came from an advanced world uh, that had a drastically different and drastically more advanced way of looking at things. So uh, coming back to regular old boring earth and having some different ideas about who he may love is completely unimportant. It's, it's a, it's mm. literally a non story and the, the, the furor and the hubbub over it, it, especially when I see a lot of it that's so wildly misinformed, like, no, you can't do this, you Superman, because you, I'm like, well, first of all, first of all, slow down, slow down. <laughs> Pump the brakes. <laughs> first of all, have you read a book? Because if you've read a book in the last, I don't know, 10 years, you would know that Jonathan Kent is a whole other dude and some awesome whole other stuff than his father, as exhibited in literally dozens and dozens of comic books. Wow. So, yeah, for me, this is... Uh, I'm, for me, this is a compl- on the, on the weekend when they announced that the sister Stephanie Williams is going to be writing the crossover, uh, 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 the Amazon crossover with Wonder Woman, uh, a sister who came out of Twitter uh, and and is writing amazing work. That's a non-story. Super, Superman sexual anybody's sexuality is a non-story to me. It does not matter. Yeah. So why does it matter then? I mean, because I I know what you're saying, but. And, and it's important that you make the point that you do, because people immediately gravitate toward you guys are destroying our long held ideals about who these people are, Superman, Batman, but it's not those characters. And people, like you said, if they would read deeper, they would see that they're not talking about uh, Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. OK, they're not talking about who what's Batman's real name? Bruce Robin's. Yeah. OK. And what, what's Robin's real name? Because he he's, which Robin? Because there are five. Of them. See, I'm sorry. Thank you. Seven thank, of them. Thank you. So it's not i hear what you're saying but why you you know people they they get charged by this stuff mr taboo and try as we might to downplay and stay out of people's personal lives i mean and again they said okay here's hollywood doing what hollywood does again this ain't even hollywood nope this is i mean come on man how do we have conversations about it without having conversations about it Unfortunately, a lot of people, and I'm not going to try to specify their level of education or other issues going on there. No, go ahead, man. It might might factor in. (laughs) A lot of people have have said the same thing online. It's like, uh, I have a right to say what happens in these stories, and they are incorrect. In the same way that I can't come to your house, Rome, and tell you what what color to paint your car, or what kind of rims to put. I'm like, you don't have no spinners. You need to have some spinners on you. I believe in your car and therefore I should have a right to tell you you should put spinners on your car. No, I don't. I don't own your car. And these people don't own anything. Mm -hmm. Their Mm -hmm. overwhelming sense of personal entitlement over Uh something that they have emotionally invested themselves in without anybody asking them to. Oh boy creates this feeling that they have a say, that they can vote. They do have a vote. They can vote with their dollars or they can shut up because Mm. literally nothing else they say matters. Wow. Literally nothing else they do in the same way that I can't come and tell you to put spinners on your car. 
because right. you may not want spinners on your car. Why would you want that kind of attention? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I so, mean, yeah, that's when, that's that's the, the, the first part. And second, and this is really, really a, a, a annoying element of our misinformation age mm -hmm. is that a lot of people latch on to a grievance and use it as a means to strike out at, at uh, uh, other parties, to own the libs, as they say, or yeah. to uh, uh, there's certain, unfortunately, there's certain people who claim the teachings of Christ without actually following the actual words in the text who have a lot to say about it based upon trying to score points for their own political or social or religious rationales. Right. All of these perspectives are drastically and rhetorically wrong. They don't have a rhetorical leg to stand on. It would be laughed out of any high school debate club in the entire country. Yes. They're embarrassing. And to see them repeated in the press is an embarrassment to the fourth estate. That's not the responsibility of journalism. Oh boy. Okay, so what significance, if any then, does it hold? Because I'll use an example for you, Hannibal. When a few years ago, when the latest series of Star Wars movies came out and I saw the mm -hmm. trailer and uh, I see the stormtrooper and I see, and I, I think they're the, the stormtrooper, they're, they're the guys in white, right? Yep. Okay, so, and then the mask comes off and it's a black man. And, you know, later I came to find out that's the great John Boyega. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, you know, as a kid going back, it's like as I was watching the, the Death Star blow up when I was a child in Star Wars, I don't recall having the thought, man, I wish I, there was a black man uh, in Luke Skywalker's role or in a more prominent role. I didn't know that it was an issue. And then I saw the backlash when that reveal of that trailer came out, you know, I went from DC Comics to Star Wars, Hannibal, but indulge me. Sure. We, we, we didn't ask, who, who was asking for this, number one, is the question, because you said if, if it's nobody's business and we shouldn't focus so much attention on it, uh, yet we do, uh, the fact that it's been so, uh, for the lack of a better term, coyly slipped into the storyline, I mean, it hasn't been a secret because I think the Harley Quinn series have had some same-sex for a long, um, long time. Right. And so people feel that this is sort of a mission creep, that they're slowly injecting, for the lack of a better term, uh, th this sense of normalizing or more mirroring society through the world of comics. And again, they're, they're taking things at face value that they're perhaps seeing on Twitter without reading deeper into the storyline. So I guess what I'm saying is, uh, to your best estimation, is this something that the uh, the LGBT community was demanding more representation in comics, or is it just a byproduct of a, just a natural progression of where society is right now? And nobody's necessarily asking for it, but it's a reflection of where we where we are right now and where we're possibly going. That was a loaded question, Mr. Hannibal. Uh, Hannibal, and I will I will I will take it because it 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 exposed the number of of, of unfortunately logical fallacies that people are putting out. Yeah, and I'll start with the Star Wars part of it. Okay. Um, despite the fact that I was a kid from a podunk town who was bored out of my mind and desperate to get away from there and could relate to the issues of Luke Skywalker, the mm. gasp that I let out when Lando Calrissian walked out on that thing True. as the Baron Administrator of Cloud City. Huh. He was a noble. He owned stuff. He ran stuff. And uh -oh. more importantly for me as a brother from Memphis, he had a cape. <laughs> he was killing the freaking game. Yes, sir. Off the top. Yes. So immediately, I loved Star Wars before that. Absolutely. Okay. 
But yes. my relationship to it changed. I was like, oh my God, we made it. Mm. We're, we're there too. Okay. So the, with the question, is the LGBT community asking for representation? Of course they are. The Samoan yeah. community is asking for representation. True. The uh, uh, Eritrean community is asking for representation. Yes. As they should. Yes. Because it is more than fair to want to see yourself in entertainment. Absolutely. However, if you find that you don't, if you find that you're not seeing it, there's a company called Etan Comics out of uh, Ethiopia that's doing really, really remarkable work. And he said, I'm not seeing Ethiopians in books. Oh, wait, I can do something about that. And he did. Mm. In the same way that I was like, I'm not seeing brothers from Memphis flying up in the air and being heroes. I, oh, wait, I can do something about that. And I did. Project Wildfire will be in comic book stores November 24th. Say that. So for a company to then say, all right, we got all this, we got all this, you know, making money off of, uh, of uh, angry white dudes money sold up. We mm. need to get some more people's money. Who do, mm -hmm. Whose money do we not have? Oh, wait, I know. Let's get Stephanie Williams in here. The first Black woman we've had on the series probably in five or six years and only the fourth that we've ever had on the series in our entire history as a company. Mm. Let's get her in here on Wonder Woman and have her already get the pre-orders hyped up. Let's get that going on. Oh, mm. wait, let's see. the the This other community, because... As a company, the company doesn't have politics. The company has business. The company's interested mm -hmm. in money. Mm -hmm. So if they're saying, whose money do we not have and how right. can we get it? Because what's funny to me is that everybody's hyped up about, oh no, what about this, you know, bisexual? Because first of all, he's bisexual. He's not even gay. Let's let's keep it. The, the, this thing, right? Okay. Yes. But second of all, we're not focusing on the entirely completely gay Aquaman story that came out. Yes. The Black Manta, who's Aquaman, who has yeah. hydrokinetic powers, who's been on television for years in Young mm. Justice. Nobody's mm. got nothing to say about that. That proves that it's not an issue. That proves mm -hmm. that people are picking a fight specifically for the purposes of picking a fight. And doing so mm. is beginning the argument in, in bad faith. Yes. And if there's anything any spiritual person should do, never do anything in bad faith. Oh, boy. So true. So I'm glad you made the distinction between business and politics because people tend to focus on the politics of it when a company is within their very right to expand their business model, right? To appeal Certainly. to a demographic or a, a financial uh, community that may not up to this point be as receptive to their particular uh, content. Uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Hannibal just eloquently gave a shout out to the Eritrean community. And of course, I knew nothing about that community until the late great Nipsey Hussle did what he did in Southern California. So shouts out to the uh, Eritrean community as well as the Ethiopian community. But you're absolutely right. So in the wake of this, Hannibal, um, we're seeing people come. How can I say it? They're being forced to deal with some hypocrisies. You know, they're, they're being forced to confront their very. And again, I mean, you know, just having this conversation runs the risk of being on that slippery slope that we're making a big deal out of something that is uh, literally uh, an anthill, not a molehill, you know, or you, you know that exactly. argument, right? So, so what, what is the context then? I mean, do we even know the, 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 the quality of the storytelling? I mean, nobody's really talking about the storyline. Is, is there a larger issue that they're dealing with? Because when you talk about younger and younger iterations of these iconic uh, comic book uh, 
uh, characters. Now we're dealing in modern day. Now we're dealing with social justice. Now we're dealing with climate change. I mean, how many of these characters, despite all the focus on this, are dealing with issues that impact the larger society and world as a whole? Well, in my mind, not enough by a humongous uh, uh, margin. But um, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll stay specific to this specific instance. Jonathan Kent, um, he, you know, is born, gets his powers, becomes, uh, uh, as a small child, his powers start to emerge in the same way as his father. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, puts on a little costume, does a little heroing, starts to learn from his dad. And then out of nowhere, and here's where the story, I really don't back this part of it, but it happens, so I can't argue with it. Mm -hmm. um, his grandfather comes from uh, uh, back from the dead and wants to take him off into space with him uh, to teach him the ways of Krypton. And for some reason, people think this is a good idea. Mm. And he goes off and he sees horrors and he fights monsters and he deals with, he, he experiences things that a normal 12 year old would not be able to really see or experience. And mm. it changes him out there. He sees that there's a larger universe. He comes back from there and now he's, magically changed into a teenager, 14 or 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And his next trip is to go to the future, to spend more than a year in the 31st century in a time past all of the things of borders and regular wars where it's not, you know, the Middle East crisis, it's the middle Milky Way crisis. You know, people uh, have a whole other, a whole other scale of things going on there. Right. And he sees these communities. He sees a diverse group in the Legion of Superheroes working together people of different sizes and genders and species and and and, and orientations all these things and he looks at it and starts to wonder about his own life he mm. comes back and he goes to college and he meets people who are very emotionally engaged in things and he says huh maybe i need to be more dad why don't we do more about this mm. why don't we do more about and he starts to question as all teenagers do That's as right. my teenager has questioned me as they should right and then he starts to act on those things mm. with the same fervor and sometimes mistakes of any teenager. Right. As he should. That's right. In a totally logical, relatable, plausible way of doing things. Mm. So is that a story that deals with larger things happening in society in the same way that Stan Lee in 1967 said, and I quote, bigotry and racism are among the deadliest social ills plaguing the world today, but unlike a team of costume supervillains, they can't be halted with a punch in the snoot or a zap from a ray gun. Well. He starts to figure other things out. Right. All of this has happened before and all of this will happen again. Mm. So when you look at all these things going on this way, uh, does that mean that this story has some agenda or overwhelming? No, not necessarily. No more than Stan did because Stan was not a political person. Stan was a business person. Right. Stan was like, Stan was very, very business person. But he said, uh, and I quote again, because I have this on the screen. If okay. his hang up is black men, he hates all black men. If a redhead once offended him, he hates all redheads. If some foreigner beat him to a job, he's down on all foreigners. He hates people he's never seen, people he's never known with equal intensity, with equal venom. Stan was saying that not because it was necessarily important for him to put his politics out there, but because it was important for his company to be on the right side of history, because yes. that's where the money is. That's right. where the money resides, where the money resides. Mm. And as we see decades later with their multi-billion dollar film franchise, he was right. Absolutely. And Every conservative in history has been on the wrong side of history. <laughs> Every conservative in history has been trying to pull us back 
from the eventual advances that saved us, they gave us penicillin, they gave us yes. Wi-Fi, they gave yes. us everything yes. that we freaking yes. need. Come on, come on. So all of these people say, no, no, no. What about back when it was, live in the future, don't live in the past. It didn't Stevie yes. Wonder say that? He did. Come on. He did. That's why he's got intervision and that's why he's moving to Africa. This is KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. We're talking to our good brother, Mr. Hannibal Taboo, comic book creator, award-winning comic book creator. Uh, we're just breaking down uh, the business and the politics of modern comics uh, in lieu of the announcement of the son of Lois and Clark, AKA Superman and Lois Lane, their son coming out as a gay character in this iteration of Superman. Uh, thank you for breaking that down, good brother, because as many people or some that gave out that collective sigh and gasp when John Boyega was uh, identified in the Star Wars, it's like it's fair to say that that business model, uh, that hunch was uh, correct. It went on to make a ton of money and it proved once again that, you know, people really don't care, you know, and the fact that you're right. I mean, I love the way you broke down the journey of the grandfather coming back and taking John on this incredible, illustrious journey. And I say incredible to not downplay the severity of it, what that might do to the mind of a child in, in, mm -hmm. in expanding and touching a mind like that, that is so impressionable. It's no telling what can become of it. But in essence, I, I think the essence of what you were saying is that this generation naturally is curious, naturally questions uh, the adults that are raising them and challenges them to to, you know, question their own uh, deeply held convictions on certain things. Is it fair to say uh, just in terms of putting putting the social aspect aside, just his powers alone, having gone on that journey? I don't know what that Kryptonian exposure did to him, but in some ways, is John Kent more powerful than his father, Superman? Do they have the same exact abilities or do in some ways John's abilities exceeds his father's? John's abilities are comparable to his father's because he's half human. He does not have uh, the entire, um, it, he's slightly less durable. He's slightly less strong, but not in a way that like, say for instance, you know, uh, uh, a Camry V6 is slightly more powerful than a Camry V4, but will you really notice the difference if you're driving okay. it 90% of the time? No. Okay. So um, in, in that sense, no. What John has is an advantage that his father did not have is that John is surrounded by a community of people that he can learn from. He is surrounded by the experience of his father. He, he at already as a teenager, he is a more experienced and better learned hero than his father was at the same age because his father had no examples to father. That's right. I'm sorry, to follow rather. Mm -hmm. His father only had to figure out things for himself and rely on the crystals from Krypton, which those people had never been to earth. They, don't, they didn't really know how the powers were gonna exactly work. John know John can watch very close. He can watch his uh, 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 second cousin Kara. He can watch his dog Crypto. He can watch his father. <laughs> he can see all these things and say, "Oh, that's how this works." Oh snap! And if he's curious about, well, what if I want to find out some information? Oh right, my best friend's dad is the world's greatest detective. I can mm -hmm. just go shadow him for a day because I can literally wow. follow him and he wouldn't see me because I've got telegraph tele uh, what is it? telescopic vision. Hey, dude, you I said Crypto. But dude, you said crypto. Is there an origin story on the dog crypto, dude? If there is, I don't know nothing about it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Is uh, it? Everybody for everybody in the book uh, that has Kryptonian powers are Kryptonians who came here. Crypto was a dog, a regular <laughs> old dog on Krypton. And, you know, through 
comic book shenanigans <laughs> oh. Earth and was adopted by Superman and he's oh got heat God. vision and he's super strong and he's super fast and he's super loyal. Oh, he's snap. Really, really touchy about it. <laughs> like, he's like, how dare you touch my master? I'm going to heat vision the heck out of you. Hey, hey, hey and I'm an atomic dog too. What, is, do they break? Uh, he's not a German shepherd. He's not a poodle. Do they tell what kind of dog crypto would be if he were an earthling kind of dog? Well, he looks like, um, I don't know dog breeds, so I, I, you're stepping outside of my wheelhouse. He's an all white dog with like, all said, white. like a, he's got one or two black patches on it. So he's not like a Dalmatian. So he's, they have patch uh, spots all over them. Right. But, you know, he's he's a dog. I he's mean, a dog. I don't, I don't dog. <laughs> yeah, he's like a medium sized, small terrier something. It's like he's he's definitely not uh, the 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 pit bull variety. He would look no. pretty unassuming if you were just to see him down the street. You'd be like, oh, what a friendly little dog. And then, like you said, that heat ray vision come out. Hey, you don't want to mess with crypto, exactly. man. Hey, well, here's one. I'm I'm gonna really mess with you now. Uh, who's more powerful, crypto or underdog? Crypto is more powerful than underdog. Is he? By a lot. Come on, man. You're not underestimating underdog, man. Come on, sweet Polly. Really? I appreciate underdog, but crypt <laughs> here, here's a, here's the thing that people don't understand about Kryptonian class heroes, and I say this about uh, Superman, oh about God. Icon, about lots of. And if you ever saw the Invincible series on Amazon, this showed it. A mm. Kryptonian class hero can crack a planet open. Oh, snap. They can fly through a planet and crack it open like an egg if they feel like it. What? They're a weapon of mass destruction. Ooh. And forgetting that is normally like, you know, because, oh, we're friendly and oh, we're heroes and oh, we hold mm -hmm. our punches back and yada, yada, yada. But they don't have to. Mm. Wow. I, well, <clears throat> underdog can't do that. No, no. I mean, they, they call him underdog for a reason. I'm not even going to bring Dino Mutton to this conversation because I'm just going to embarrass myself further. But uh, this good brother is uh, Mr. Hannibal Taboo. He's uh, the founder of Project Wildfire. Good brother. Uh, I can't thank you enough for being here. You always drop the light. It's always fun. Uh, but what in the world is happening lately in the world of Project Wildfire? Good brother. What can you tell well, us about I the latest? I do have to be fair. The, the creator of Project Wildfire is my good artistic collaborator, Quinn McGowan. I'm the writer and I've, I've helped the project along a lot, but um, Project Wildfire is the story of a college sophomore. He's an architecture sophomore, sophomore at the black college in the equivalent of Memphis in his world. And mm -hmm. he's broke and he's trying to make tuition and pay for bills and stuff. So he finds one of those flyers on campus where it's like, oh, get paid for a medical experience, uh, experiment. Sure, whatever. He takes mm -hmm. it, he goes in, they stick him with something. Uh, they stick him and 19 other people with something and he gets paid for it. 19 other people die. He's in a coma for months and he wakes up and he's got superpowers. And as he does, monster, regular people are, are emerging on the streets of Memphis and turning into giant monsters. Mm. Or Shelby City in the book, because we changed it to Shelby City for reasons. But, mm. um, and he's the only one with the power to stop these monsters before they destroy the city. And that's basically the story of it. It starts, uh, issue one will be in comic book stores November 24th from Second Sight Publishing, which is a publisher out of Mississippi. We're all Southerners, all Black people, all working very hard to make very professional grade work. And mm. uh, yeah, I'm really hoping people enjoy it. Man, that's going to be a joy, man. Uh, in California, it's going to be available out here too, right? It'll be available in comic book stores all around the world. All around the world. Okay, well, that's Hannibal Taboo, y'all. Project Wildfire coming out in November. Hannibal, it's always a joy to have you here, man. You know you're welcome here anytime, and thank you for always being available. Uh, like I said, man, always educational, always enlightening, always a pleasure. Come back and join us again sometime, will you?
I will, but before we go, like I said, could we, I really want people to know that there was so much more that happened this weekend, given yeah. what Milestone Comics is doing, the Black Adam thing, yeah, given, man. Uh, uh, Aldous Hodge's Hawkman, yes. given, you know, Stephanie Williams, uh, 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 her Trial of the Amazons book. There's so much other DC stuff that came out out of DC wow. fandom that is much more interesting and drastically more important than this conversation that for some reason will not die. I know, I know. Well, thank you for reminding us of that. I did see the clip with uh, um, Idris in it playing Hawkman. I'm like, wait a minute. That's not how I remember Hawkman <laughs> coming up. And that that's that's fascinating. But I was not aware of Stephanie Williams. So thank you for bringing that to our attention. Uh, Black Adam looks like it's going to definitely be uh, a, a spectacle of entertainment. And uh, woman season three, like three, yeah. three black leads, two black costume heroes. In the oh, same man. Show. Man, we're not done, y'all. Hannibal's still dropping the jewels. Come on, man. Come I'm just on. Saying there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Okay, well, see, that's why I, I need to have you back. So thank you, man. Uh, let, let, let's continue this conversation. Well, that's our show, y'all. Psychotic Bump School is the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Rome. You know we're here every Monday evening from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific time, as well as on Friday evenings from 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific time. Check back with us. We shall return next week. Also want to thank our very special guests for the evening, Casey Phillips-Brown, Kyra Christian, Jeffrey Keller, and the good brother, Mr. Hannibal Taboo. Also want to send a very special shout out to Mr. Frank Starks, who is the Iron Man behind the board. And we're out of here, y'all. Take care.